Hello and welcome to this edition of the Faith Report. This time around, we're going to talk about two things, Selection Sunday Thoughts and Tom Brady's return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Check this one out. This one will be well worth listening to on two different teams in two different regions in the NCAA tournament. First off, I'm going to start with my homeboy team, the Illini, fighting Illini. If you would have told me they would have been ranked the fourth seed at the beginning of the season, I would have called you a liar. I don't think they were worth the fourth seed. I even thought that they were maybe going to be lower than an eight seed. Well, they proved me wrong. They're going to be a four seed playing against. This will be an. I hope this could be an easy matchup for the lineup against Chattanooga starting out in the season. Start. This should be a good lineup, a good test for the lineup. Getting into that March Madness play and just making sure that they can make plays down the stretch and win a game against Chattanooga. But their road to the Sweet 16 is not going to be easy. They, pl- they will play against Chattanooga in the first round, then they'll get the winner against Houston UAB, which if you assume it's Houston, assume for a battle defensively that the line I will have to figure out. It'll be a battle defensively. And if you even get past the Sweet 16, or you get to or the round of 32, you get to the Sweet 16, you're more than likely facing Arizona in that matchup. And I don't think a line I could beat Arizona. Arizona is a one seed, and they've proven it all season long. And the line I... I would like to delve into that a little more. I believe the Illini are a good team. I believe they know how to score the basketball. I believe they know how to def- defend the basketball. I believe they can build a lead in the first half. They're a first-half team, though. They're a first-half team, meaning that they play well in the first half. They build this great 10-point, 15-point lead, and they keep there going into halftime. And then they come out after halftime, and they start to blow that lead. They miss layups. They miss shots. Turn the ball over. You name it. They do it. So this Illini team is going to have to learn not to do that. And that should have been learned in the regular season. That is not something you should learn during the postseason, let alone right before the playoffs. Like, you just can't do that. And we saw that against we saw against Indiana. The Illini were missing layups, turning the ball over. In the first half, Kofi was missing his shots. You've got to get Kofi involved. You've got to get him scoring the ball early, get his touches. But then you got to go to your other weapons, your other, which is Trent Frazier, the veteran, who can knock down the three ball. You go to Coleman Hawkins, who can shoot the three, but also knock down shots to place a plumber down the stretch who's been able to make big three-point baskets. So you rely on those guys to get you the ball, score the ball well, and do what you got to do. Best for line is when they build this lead, can they keep it? Can their defense hold the lead? And can they finish the game out on top? If they can do that, they will go past Chattanooga in the first round. They might give themselves a chance to get the home state team, the Illini, and I hope they do well. Like I said, I'm from Decatur, Illinois, which is a small town south of Champaign, which is an hour away where the Illini play. So I want them to do well. So therefore, that are my, those are my thoughts on the final Illini. And then to my real team, my favorite team in all of NCAA basketball, Duke Blue, the Duke Blue Devils. This is Coach K's final season with the team. Coach K has been the team since the early '80s, and his and he's Coach K has been with Duke Blue Devils for 40 years since the early '80s, and he's won five NCAA championship, and he's had his sights on the sixth one for some time. There have been other teams that he's been able to build around and lead him hopefully to the promised land that have failed, such as Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Trey Jones' team. The team mixed up before that, a Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, and Gary Trent Jr. team. Those team teams were destined for greatness, but we yet to get a sixth championship. So this year, all the pressure is on Duke and to send Coach K off with the bane. How do you do that? How do you send him off with the bane? 
You win the big dance. You win the NCAA tournament. There's no questions asked. How do they do that? Well, let's look at their road to the to the championship. If they if based on my predictions, so Duke should win their first game as a two seed coming in twenty eight six against CSU Florida. And that should be a breeze by game. They play that game well. They beat them by about ten or twenty to get their feet set. Paul Benchero has a 20-point night, 15 to 20-point night. He should do well, and you use your other way. should have a good night. So then you're looking at the next round. Let's take it upset. You're playing Michigan State, a Big Ten team. Duke could beat Michigan State. I, th- I fully believe that. I think Michigan State will be a good test for them in the tournament. I feel like that will be a test where this will prove how worthy the Duke team is in contending in the NCAA. And Michigan State comes in with the 22-12 and 12 record. And they're going to go up against a Duke team that is tough defensively and offensively. Defensively, James, who's one of the best center defenders that I've seen on this Duke team, as well as Theo John, who can defend the paint well, and who are both known for shot blocking and rebounding, so they will control the tempo and pace of this team. They will control the pace of the game, and they will be able to do well against their first-round opponent, but we will see in their second-round opponent against Michigan State. And then you go any further, go even further, for the Duke, for Duke. So you look at who they, who will they play next if they were to beat Michigan State. So if they beat Michigan State, they go up against the winner of Texas Tech and Alabama. Probably would be my predictions, unless the Rutgers Notre Dame game up Notre Dame opponent upsets Alabama. We will shall see. I think both could do upset Alabama, but we shall see. So if you let's say for instance Alabama, they play Alabama. Duke plays Alabama. I think that'll be a tough competitive game, but I think Duke comes out on top. Some bias in that. And I know Duke plays Notre Dame, they're going to come out on top because Duke already beat Notre Dame by 30 points and defended them very well in that game. So you go past that. So that's the round of 30. That's the Sweet 16 matchup. You go into the Elite Eight, who Duke will more than likely face Gonzaga. Now, what can I say about Gonzaga that hasn't already been said? They're a good team. They're, they lost their conference tournament. They pose the record at 26-3. They have the likes of mostly led by Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Now, if we know anything from last year about Drew Timmy, we know he can score the ball. We know he can produce buckets. We know he can play offensively. Defensively, he's a liability. And he plays at the forward position. So that means he's probably going against Paul Benchero. So if Paul Benchero can make the most out of the opportunity and win in the Elite Eight, that would earn them a spot in the Final Four. The Final Four, if Duke makes it to the Final Four, which I predict, if I were to be a homebody, I'm going to say Duke wins the national championship. If Duke doesn't win this national championship, it's going to be, between, be either between Gonzaga or Baylor. And that could possibly have Final Four appearances, Baylor and Gonzaga, a repeat of last year's national championship just in the Final Four. And if that happens, I believe Baylor will come out on top just because they're defensive, defensively better than Gonzaga. And I think Gonzaga has star power, but last year proved anything. It's defense and three-point and hot shooting win championships, and that's what Baylor is capable of doing. But if Duke were to win that game against that Elite Eight game against Gonzaga, they go up against a tougher Baylor, a tough Baylor team that is coming in the tournament twenty-six and six in the number one seed, another one seed. Well, Duke and Duke has never been known as a two seed to win all. They usually every year they've won it, they've been almost the number one seed. So for Duke to win this, they have to make that jump. 
and they have to make play consistent basketball, shoot the ball well, spread the ball well. And it really starts with Paul Benchero on the offensive end. It really starts with him shooting the ball well, getting developed, getting his looks in the paint, and make sure he makes the most of a mid-range jumper. And then you can make, when Sad starts working, you can get the ball to Trevor Niels or A.J. Griffin on the wing for threes, and they both of them are known for scoring inside the paint as well. And then you've got Jeremy Roach coming off your bench. And then you have Jeremy Roach coming off your bench who can make plays and make it happen. But also, you have two veteran players such as Wendell Moore, who's a starter, who's a junior that can move the ball and play well, score off the dribble, score in the paint, and score on three-pointers. And you have Joey Baker, who's a shooter. So you've got all these weapons for Duke. It's just can you take advantage of them and can you make the most of them? And not to mention you have your defensive weapons of Mark Williams and Theo John who can make plays offensively, but are mostly used as defensive specialists on the in the paint. So let's see what happens. I've, I mean, uh, I already give your predictions on both Duke and Illini. I say Illini might make the Sweet 16. It's a stretch, but I think they might make the Sweet 16. But I think they lose in the Sweet 16 if they make it that far. If not, they're losing the round of 32. For the Duke Blue Devils, I believe they could win the national title, and I want them to with all my heart. I want them to send Coach K out with a bang, win his sixth national championship, and you give them a tough chance, and you give them a chance to remember. You give, er, and you give Coach K that memory. You give that team that memory. They're submitting in Duke lore. They won the sixth championship, and sites on six is over. You could stop seeing me post hashtag sites on six on social media. It'll end there, and we'll see. But for now, I'm hoping the Duke Blue Devils win the national title. If not, I believe it will be between Baylor and Gonzaga. So now I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to switch to the NFL. And if you were listening to NFL news or got on ESPN today or have your NFL updates on ESPN, you know what the biggest story I'm about to talk about is, and that is the return of Tom Brady, TB12, announced on Instagram today he's not retiring. He's going to go for another year in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are looking to be come back even a stronger team than last year. Now, keep in mind, this Buck team was a field goal away, three points away from winning of Super Bowl. They were that close and going to the Super Bowl. LA Rams just hit a last minute field goal and as time expired. Now Tampa Bay did not play well first half in that game, but they did come back and almost win that game. And that's because of the greatness of Tom Brady, the playmaking ability of Tom Brady to find his wide receivers, to find his guys and control the tempo of the game. And I think that if you and he was also missing a key weapon last year. Remember, Chris Godwin tore his ACL halfway through the season, so he was about his second-best receiver, arguably his best receiver. Depends on who you ask. If you ask if Mike Evans or Chris Godwin's the better receiver. So he will have his full arsenal back between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the wide receiving route. So you have those guys coming back. They're locked in. They're good to go. They're ready to play. You also might get Rob Gronkowski back, which if you get him back, you have your tight end. You have all reliable between Brady and Gronk who can make those plays happen, make those touch little five, ten-yard touchdowns in the red zone happen. You also have Jones and possibly Fournette coming back in your backfield. So that helps you even more on the running game because you can rely on those veteran backs to get you yards, to ground up turf, and get it going. Defensively, your defense is going to have to step up, and they were a good defense last year, but you have to make sure those big plays just don't happen. And when you're in the NFC and you're in the, against the likes of Aaron uh, against the likes of Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, or Matthew Stafford, who proved last year he's he's a good quarterback. He was I always felt like Matthew Stafford was one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL, and mostly because he was with Detroit, and Detroit was one of the worst teams in the NFL. He was not valued, and when he gave him the weapons, you gave him 
Odell Beckham Jr. You gave him Cameron Cup. You gave him Robert Woods. You just gave him these weapons, and he was able to succeed with them. And we saw that as he won a Super Bowl against a good Cincinnati Bengals team that had the likes of Joe Burrows, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase that were just these this offensive weapon team. But LA Rams also have a good defense. So let's look at that. If Tom Brady comes, Tom Brady is going to come back. Simple as that. Tom Brady is 44 years old. He's sent in milestones as one of the oldest quarterbacks to ever play this game. So you bring him back. You bring back a, the seven-time Super Bowl movie, the all-time greatest of all time in most people's eyes. You're a fool if you don't think Tom Brady's the GOAT, in my honest opinion. You bring back the one man who brought the New England Patriots to six Super Bowls, my team, the New England Patriots, to six Super Bowl wins. He's been to a total of ten... He's been to a total of 10 Super Bowls. Like, you just can't you can't deny this guy's greatness. And he's coming back for another season, another crack at the ring. If he wins this year and gets his eighth Super Bowl ring, I really believe he retires. And not to mention, he came back, and, and we all were talking about the end of an era, the end of the quarterback era. We saw Big Ben retire. We saw Drew Brees retire last year. We saw Peyton Man retire a few years ago. And we thought Tom Brady's in the era of retiring too. But no, Tom Brady opens back up the era and he opens it back up the options to play against some great young quarterbacks. I mean, see, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the NFC South, we're going to get the Saints, who could end up getting Deshaun Watson this offseason. Keep an eye on that. You got the Falcons who have Matt Ryan. You have the Panthers who have Sam Darnold just in your division. So Tom Brady should win his division just based off that. But then you go into the different divisions. You go into the NFC North and that key NFC West who have those quarterbacks in the NFC North where they have Aaron Rodgers, they have Justin Fields, they have Kirk Cousins. That'll be some tough competition, especially Aaron Rodgers, who will be who my bet is he will prove he wants to play in the NFL for longer. He allegedly has a four-year deal that's worth two hundred million dollars, hundred twenty million guaranteed. Now has that been confirmed yet? No, but we shall see. I think that we are literally going to see the toughest NFC year we will ever we have seen in the most recent years. I think it could really come down to maybe even Tampa Bay and LA in the NFC Conference Championship, NFC Championship again. And you see that, if you see that, I think Tom Brady is going to elevate himself to another level and win that game. But it is too early to call Super Bowl winners, NFC predictions. I will have a podcast closer to the time. I just want to talk about the return of TB12, how Tom Brady came back out of retirement and said, My heart is still on the field, not in the stands. And just, you got to admire that greatness. you got to admire the guy who has won seven Super Bowl rings, been to ten Super Bowls all the time, has the NFL record for Super Bowl wins in, in an individual, who's led a, one team alone to six championships that is tied with the Dallas Cowboys for six championships, Super Bowl-wise. You just have all these different records in this guy, and you think, wow, just, it's hard to believe that he's coming back for one more year. As a TB12 fan, I can't wait to see what happens. We're all, every journalist, everybody's always wondering, when is going to be the decline of Tom Brady? When are we going to see that? And I hope we don't see that this year. I hope he goes out on top, gets that eighth Super Bowl ring. I'll be pulling for you, Tom Brady, if you listen to this. I highly doubt you will because I'm such a, I'm just a beginning podcaster and I highly doubt you're going to listen to this. But if you do listen to this, please give me some some sign that you listen to this and I hope you get that Super Bowl ring, that eighth Super Bowl ring that could happen. And that would just submit your lore even more, I feel like. 
Man, I just love how where sports is going. I just love that we have the March Madness coming up this year. We just had Tom Brady's news. We're going to have baseball on April 7th. We're just going to have all these different sports, and I cannot wait to give all the sports updates that I plan on. I To give you a little insight on my plans, I will be doing a March Madness following podcast at least once a week, once it starts, maybe once every couple days. Let's. I'm going to think about my vacation and decide what I want to do with that. I will be doing a podcast for the preseason for opening day, and I will probably be highlighting mostly Cardinals and what teams I think will do really well this year in the MLB. And, I mean, it's just going to be a great year of sports to finish out. we got the spring ball coming with MLB and baseball. we got our national pastime back. We have March Madness where anything can happen, where I think this tournament will be one of the best tournaments ever. In terms of upsets, towards competitive games, I'm just very, very excited about what this year of sports will bring for us, and I just cannot wait. Well, if you stuck around this long, thank you for listening to the Faith Report. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your listenership. If you would like to, if you would like to support the Faith Report, you can do that in a couple ways. You can donate on the Anchor website if you would feel if you feel in your heart you need to donate. You can go and do that. I believe there's a way on Apple Podcasts for you to do that as well. But please follow, please share this, please tell me what you want to hear. I am want to cater to you. I want to give my thoughts on what I think is important. I felt tonight that I need to give my thoughts on Selection Sunday and Tom Brady's return. But if you ever want to hear my thoughts on anything else, please email me. Please leave a comment. Please leave whatever you would like, and please. Please just give me some insight on what you want to hear. Thank you so much, and you have a good rest of your evening since this is evening when I'm recording it, and I will be on vacation the next few days, so hope to get back podcasting as soon as Thursday or Friday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.